0: Hey, um, we're going to be in Luke chapter 19, uh, really kind of zooming in uh, on just this one verse, this one phrase, this one thing that Jesus says, uh, would that you, even you, had known on this day the things that make for peace. That's the ESV translation of that verse. Uh, If we would just kind of look at an easier translation, because the ESV is not always the easiest translation, uh, ICB, International Children's Bible, says this, I wish that you knew today what would bring you peace i wish that you knew today what would bring you peace that's the words of jesus here on palm sunday and it's a very interesting phrase uh, to me on a lot of different levels uh first of all it's very interesting uh on just the level that like jesus says it and as he says it how he says it uh, Kristen mentioned it he's actually weeping as he says this phrase And notice, that doesn't mean like little tears uh, welling up in the eyes. It doesn't mean one little tear uh, rolling down the cheek. He is full body, sobbing, weeping as he says this. There is a lot of emotion behind Jesus as he says, I wish that you knew today what would bring you peace. It seems like Jesus maybe knows the answer to that. Uh, It seems like maybe Jesus knows what would bring people peace, what would bring peace, and, um, and, and maybe... He's sad or weeping because others don't know it. Uh, it's also an interesting phrase for Jesus to say because of when he says it. Uh, not just the fact that it's Palm Sunday, but, but, the, but the fact that uh, the, he's riding into the city and there are multitudes around him. And what are the multitudes talking about? Peace, oddly enough. But listen to their language. They say this, Blessed is the king who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace. In heaven and glory in the highest Uh, that's in verse uh, 38 and then just a few verses later just mere seconds probably just you know four or five seconds after the crowd is saying this talking about peace Jesus says hey I wish that you knew what would bring you peace it's like he's saying hey you don't know you're talking about it you think that you know but you don't actually know what brings you peace Um, It's also uh, just kind of an interesting phrase in the sense of, like, it's sort of unfamiliar. Uh, You may or may not have actually known that Jesus said something like this on Palm Sunday. Uh, Luke's gospel is kind of interesting because um, he he, uh, tells a familiar story in a very unfamiliar way. So if we just kind of divide some of that up, right, uh, there's a lot of familiar things in here, right? Uh, There's a donkey, of course, right? We all know that there's a donkey in the Palm Sunday story. Um, There's this like weird thing of Jesus like, hey, go go steal a donkey. And if anyone asks you why you're stealing a donkey, just say, oh, the Lord needs it and it'll be fine. And then they actually do that and it works. All right, so, so that's in every single gospel. Uh, there's this thing where, where the disciples take off their robes and they put the robes on the donkey uh, as like a saddle for Jesus. That's <clears throat> in multiple gospels. Uh, there's the thing where, where the people, the multitudes, are taking off their robes and putting them out in front of Jesus, giving him kind of a, a red carpet, so to speak, to walk on. Um, there's the scowl of the Pharisees. Hey, make that crowd be quiet. That's in all of the Gospels. Um, and, and then we get this, you know, the multitude, as Luke says, uh, around Jesus on this Palm Sunday, celebrating, uh, shouting, uh, maybe singing praises. But there's also some really unfamiliar things here in this story as Luke tells it. Uh, first of all, there's no palm branches. Did you catch that? There's actually no palm branches in Luke's Gospel, the way that Luke tells it. Um, and, and, and we get this thing where Jesus is sobbing or weeping. The multitudes, the disciples, everybody seems to be happy on this day. That's the typical sort of, uh, uh, in in fact, this morning, last night, we were praying for joy to be in the room. But so it's awkward, right? It's a little strange that Jesus is sobbing and weeping um, on on the donkey on this day. And then there's this uh, language here where he seems to be predicting that there's going to be a lack of peace. I mean, he's talking about the complete destruction of their city and uh, things around them. Um, And then there's this comment right at the end, right, that all this lack of peace is going to be because they did not know the time, the moment of their visitation. That's not kind of weird language, first of all, but where does that fit in the Palm Sunday story? And then there's this phrase that we're kind of circling around right now, I wish that you knew today what would bring you peace. So it's interesting on a lot of different levels. It's interesting how he says it. It's interesting when he says it. And uh, it's interesting that he says that at all, and that Luke records it here in this Palm Sunday story. That, that the other thing that's kind of interesting about it is who's the you? Who's the you that Jesus is talking about? It's possible that Jesus is speaking to the multitudes. I wish that you, multitudes, knew today what would bring you peace. It's possible that he's talking to the scowling Pharisees. Hey, I wish that you, Pharisees, knew today what would bring you peace. It's possible that he's talking to the to the entire wavering city of Jerusalem. Uh, I say that they're wavering because they kinda switch tunes from Sunday to Thursday, Friday. It's possible that he's saying, hey, city of Jerusalem, I wish that you knew today what would bring you peace. It's possible that maybe he's also talking to you. And I know he's talking to me. I wish that you knew today what would bring you peace. Um, What if we just uh, reworded that phrase a little bit? Now, I I don't advocate for uh, changing the words of Jesus, so just kind of take that lightly. But but this is almost a question, almost a suggestion that Jesus is making here. What if we just reworded uh, this phrase and we made it a question? And we just simply say, hey, what makes for peace? Um, What makes or brings you peace? How do you make peace in your life? It's probably a question that you ask or have asked uh, either consciously or subconsciously. Those are big words, right? You probably ask that question consciously, meaning sometimes you actually think about asking that question. Man, how can I have peace right now today? How can I have uh, tranquility, right? How can I have calmness in the world around me and in my heart? How can I have a lack of commotion and fuss? Uh, You think about it and then you actually ask it. And and then there are other times where we think about it subconsciously, um, where where we're not thinking about the question. We're not thinking about asking the question, but we're kind of asking it anyways. Uh, Just think about this, right? Um, we, We ask the question probably on a regular, everyday, multiple times a day basis. What makes for peace? How can I make peace? And we ask it because um, we've all experienced hullabaloo. (laughs) We've all experienced that commotion and that fuss, and we don't like it. We ask the question uh, because we've experienced moments or glimpses of peace, uh, of that lack of commotion and fuss. And boy, we want more of that. Maybe we just ask the question, what makes for peace? Because we see that Jesus is pretty passionate about people knowing the answer. I mean, he's weeping and sobbing on this Palm Sunday. And so we're at least curious what Jesus' answer might be. Um, so let's just kind of consider some of the answers um, as, we, uh, as we walk through. The, the first two answers are, are maybe best guesses for how the crowd would answer. The, how, how would the multitude answer on this Palm Sunday? How do you make for peace? One answer is that peace comes from good leadership. That's maybe what the multitude would be saying. Now, again, that's a best guess. It doesn't say that in the text. I'm just kind of trying to pick up on some of the clues as we see it here in this Palm Sunday story. Uh, The crowd is quoting Psalm 118. If you're keeping score at home, maybe you just want to jot that down for your own reference. Um, uh, the, uh, the, The crowd is quoting Psalm 118. They say this, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. It's a direct quote right out of Psalm 118. Uh, the rest of Psalm 118, if you would look at the, at the entire psalm, is basically talking about a really good leader. It's talking about the people are celebrating a good, great, glorious, and gracious leader. Um, the people are talking about the love of God as their leader. They're talking about the good and mighty works of God as their leader. You know, psalm 118 is all about good leadership. Um, But but notice a a really important little shift. Uh, Psalm 118, they they actually, the crowd, the multitude on Palm Sunday, they actually changed the quote ever so slightly. Here's what they say. Blessed is the king who comes in the name of the Lord. It's a small shift, but I think it's a really important one. Psalm 118, right, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. uh, Palm Sunday crowd, blessed is the king who comes in the name of the Lord. They are looking at Jesus and saying, oh, that is a leader, and he is a good leader. Peace from, comes from good leadership. That um, They also say in the same way, right, uh, peace in heaven and glory in the highest. That might sound like familiar language to you. Uh, it, 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 some language appears earlier in the Gospel of Luke, uh, but, but this is a little bit different. What they're doing is they're saying, oh, everything up there is cool, calm, and collected. Right? We've got a leader up there that is cool, calm, and collected. Everything is peace-filled. There's no commotion. There's no fuss up there. And look, we've got a good leader right there. There's no commotion or fuss with him. Right, Everything is all good, cool, calm, and collected because of that leader. Everything is good up there. Everything is good down here. And so we've got what? Peace. Peace comes from good leadership. Um, of course, we know uh, in our uh, sort of uh, politically explosive world today that uh, getting the right leader is really difficult. Um, and, and, and it creates a lot of stress on our hearts, getting the right leader. Uh, we, we know that, um, that, that getting the right leader is good, but the right leader won't lead forever. And we know that even the right leader uh, is going to make bad choices from time to time. And so, um, peace does come from good leadership, but not consistent, lasting peace. And so that's not the best answer. That's not the answer that Jesus is looking for in regards to this, what makes for peace kind of question. Here's another answer. Another possible answer is that peace comes from winning. Peace comes from winning, and really what that means is peace comes from me winning, from us winning, and from somebody else losing. That's really what it means, right? There's a sense of peace when you get to win and when somebody else loses. Um, The crowd is likely thinking about Zechariah chapter 9. That's an Old Testament reference. Maybe, again, if you're keeping score at home, just kind of jot that down. Zechariah chapter 9, verses 9 to 15. And and, and here, here's the language in Zechariah 9. It says this rejoice, your king is coming to you, righteous and victorious. He is humble and what? Riding on a donkey. Riding on a donkey, right? And so so the crowd, I mean, somebody in that multitude in that crowd just has to be thinking about Jesus. And and they're they're watching this play, they're watching Zechariah chapter 9 play out right in front of their eyes. And so they're thinking, oh, we are going to win, (laughs) right? Uh, Zechariah chapter 9, here's what happens. God comes and he fights for the people of God, and God wins. And and God wins, which means that the enemies of the people of God lose, which means that the people of God have what? Peace. Um, the, The people on Palm Sunday, or the multitude, right, might be thinking, oh, our enemies, Rome, is about to get it. They're about to be destroyed and eliminated, and so uh, we are going to win, which means we are going to have peace. They might be thinking that, that peace comes from winning and somebody else losing. The, the problem is that that way of thinking, this particular answer uh, kind of exposes our earthiness. You know what I mean by that? It exposes the fact that we are so focused on earthly things instead of heavenly things. Because we tend to want victory over worldly enemies, over people that are against us or stand in our way. (laughs) And God, pretty consistently in Scripture, consistently wants victory over our spiritual enemies, over our worst enemies, namely sin, death, and the devil. And so the answer here is an okay one, but, but it kind of exposes our earthiness. Uh, Those first two answers, uh, probably we can make a best guess from Luke chapter 19, how the multitude, the crowd is thinking. Um, Here's some other answers, and these are just like, honestly, I'm looking at myself in the mirror saying, hey, this is how I maybe would answer that question, what makes for peace. Um, One answer would be, uh, peace comes from working hard and crossing something off the list. Boy, it feels so good to finish something, right? To work really hard on something and to finish it and to cross it off the list. Anybody else? Right? It just like feels there's just like this freedom, this, this, like this burden is lifted off my shoulders right? when that happens. And it feels so good. There's like this sense of peace and safety and security in that moment. But here's, there's always something else to add to the list. There's always one more thing to do after you cross it off. Maybe another answer. Peace comes from quiet, unhurried time. And so we try to arrange for quiet, unhurried time. We try to fight for quiet, unhurried time. We get frustrated with anything and anyone that interrupts that quiet, unhurried time. But inevitably, things get loud and things speed up on us. Um, Maybe you you would say peace comes from avoiding people. Um, uh, Peace comes from withdrawing and staying in my safe bubble. In fact, I've heard uh, some people in this congregation say that. Peace comes from avoiding people. It's kind of that thing of like, oh, if I just avoid relationships, if I avoid conflict, if I avoid disagreements, then I'll just have peace in my own little bubble. The problem with that, of course, is twofold. That Number one, people always come and knock on the door of your life. And, and, and the other problem with that is that, hey, God created us for a relationship. He created us with all the tension-filled relationship, uh, with all the tension that relationships bring. He created us for that. Um, maybe another answer, peace comes from confrontation. I don't know how else to say this, but, but it's kind of this thing that says, oh, uh, so-and-so and I are in conflict, we are in disagreement, and so I just know, if I just get across from the table uh, from, from that person and, and we just work through all the issues, we can reach an agreement and we can have peace, we can have a lack of commotion and fuss in our relationship. I'm just confident that we'll be able to do it. The problem, of course, is that it takes forever to work out that kind of agreement. And usually the agreements that get worked out in that situation are short-lived because we have awfully long memories, right? We have awfully long memories, and the hurt and the pain that was caused tends to come back up ever so quickly, and all of a sudden there's commotion and fuss back on the table. What makes for peace? What makes for peace? We, we, here, here's the interesting thing. We might, before I actually say the answer that, that Jesus would probably say, or that we find here in Luke chapter 19, uh, we've rattle off a whole bunch of things that don't actually work, at least not consistently. Uh, but here's the interesting thing, right? We might know the answer in our heads. We might even know the answer in our heart. But the way that we live, we act just like that first century Palm Sunday multitude. And Jesus is weeping because he longs for us to know the answer about what makes peace. He longs for us to to, to have access to peace. He longs for us to experience that lack of commotion and fuss. And so this story, even though it's a little bit awkward and a little bit different than normal Palm Sunday stories, is so massively important because it reminds us and it tells us where peace comes from. You ready for the actual answer? It's earth-shattering. You're going to be so surprised when I say it. You ready for it? Peace comes from Him. More specifically, we could say that peace comes from a God who visits us. And even more specifically, we could say that peace comes from recognizing a God who visits us. Uh, notice the bookends here in, uh, in Luke chapter 19, 41 to 44. We get like this kind of uh, this sandwich thing, right? Verse 42, Jesus says this phrase, I wish you knew what would bring you peace. Uh, verse 43, that's like the, the, the creamy filling in the Oreo cookie. right? That's the middle part of it. Uh, Jesus says, you don't know what is going to bring you peace. And so guess what? You won't have peace. That's what he says in verse 43. And then verse 44, he says, you won't have peace because you haven't recognized the time of your visitation. And so what we get is this little sandwich thing where where 42 and 44 kind of explain one another. And, And Jesus is trying to make this point that says, hey, peace comes from the visitation of God. Peace comes from a God who visits you. Peace comes from recognizing that you have a God who visits you. The crowd, the multitude, didn't know the time, the moment of the visitation of God. And so if we just kind of take that in reverse order, right, then then what we could say is that, man, if we recognize a God who visits us, if we recognize that we have a God who is with us, if we recognize him, then we will have what? Peace. Uh, this visitation language is uh, is really interesting and and it only occurs about three times, four times in all of the New Testament, right? And, and so, it, but but it occurs three times in the Gospel of Luke. It, it, we've actually already seen the language twice in the Gospel of Luke. Uh, Luke chapter one, verse 68, right? There's a, a man named Zechariah and Zechariah has just learned that he and his wife are gonna have a baby. And, and, and he and his wife, Elizabeth, are gonna have a baby and they're gonna name that baby... John. And John is going to prepare the way for the Messiah, for the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And when Zechariah hears this news, he exclaims, oh, God has what? Visited. And he has redeemed his people. Zechariah is saying, hey, when God shows up, when God comes to visit, he is going to make all things right. He's going to make all things right. The second time that we see it in Luke's gospel is chapter 7, verse 16. Um, God, uh, uh, so, so Jesus shows up at a funeral, and it's the funeral of a little boy. And, and that little boy is in a coffin, and Jesus walks up to the coffin, and he touches the coffin, and the little boy sits up, and he's alive. And he ruins the funeral. And, and the people look at Jesus, and they say, oh, there's a prophet among us. And then they say, get this, God has visited his people. The people know, the crowd that day knew that when God visits, he brings dead things back to life. So see, when when Jesus comes to visit, what he does is he comes to save. He comes to rescue, right? And his saving work brings peace. When Jesus comes to visit, he makes all things right in our hearts, in our minds, in the world around us. When Jesus comes to visit, he brings dead things back to life. When Jesus comes to visit, he brings peace. So, so look, uh, uh, this is not really about like, good leadership or winning or crossing things off your list or, uh, or, or, or having quiet, unhurried time. All those things are good things. And all those things are, do bring peace. Momentary glimpses of peace. But what we want to come back to is just the, the rock-solid truth we have this God who visits, we have this God who shows up, and when he shows up he restores all things. When he shows up he, he brings dead things back to life. When he shows up he brings peace. What makes for peace? Jesus. Only Jesus. So let's be a people that just kind of live out that answer. Let's just celebrate and rejoice. We have this God who desires to be with us every single day. And, and, and when, we, when, when we have him, we have peace in every circumstance. And it's peace that lasts forever. Amen? Amen.